Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of the Empowering Patients podcast, your weekly take on all things related to new care models in healthcare, remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, and hospital at home. I'm your host, Theo Harvey, and I'm the CEO of SensorMed, the leading full-service RPM platform in the industry. Today, I have on the podcast Cornelius Bankston. Cornelius is the managing partner of TechPlug. He leads the firm's strategy and business development efforts. He's a graduate of Morehouse College, Emory University, and Georgia Institute of Technology. He also serves as a mentor for Techstars and is a member of the advisory board for Pain Care Labs, a virtual health council member at Tulsa Innovation Labs, and chairperson of SE Color. Most recently, Cornelius served as the director of business development for Color Genomics, leading the company's Southeast business development efforts, and Cornelius leads strategic partnerships for Simple Health Kit a social impact diagnostic company located in Silicon Valley. Hey, Cornelius, welcome. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Great. So uh, thank you. Uh, So typically what we do here, Cornelius, thank you for joining the podcast. We like to cover a different topic, you know, news topic. And I thought since today we're going to be covering uh, health equity and talking a little bit about this since this is Black History Month, one of the things that uh, came, a news story that came to my mind was uh, Walmart. Um, looks like Walmart is getting COVID-19 vaccine, vaccine, vaccination excuse me, into underserved areas pretty effectively. So uh, there's an article that said, you know, their vaccination schedule, uh, they're doing pretty well. They said 80% of doses went to medically underserved areas as defined by uh, HRSA, which does mm-hmm. give you a sense of their opportunity and more general primary care delivery. So, you know, what are your thoughts about Walmart and what they're doing with getting COVID-19, you know, doses out to to patients who are individuals who need it the most? Yeah, I think it's a tremendous effort. Um, kudos to the Walmart and the Walmart health team. As you know, we partnered with Walmart in some of those efforts to get um, testing and vaccination into vulnerable marginalized communities. Um, I think one of the strategies in which we were part of with them that has been beneficial is they really understand the community. They really understand because their stores are in some of some under-resourced and underserved populations. And so they built connectivity into those ecosystems and understand um, the challenges. And therefore, in understanding the challenges, they know how to deploy those solutions into those said communities. So amazing effort. Um, uh, kudos to the team for being able to drive um, vaccination rates in those communities. Yeah, great. And, uh, you know, this reminds me of another story I saw, like um, like Dollar General was looking at, mm-hmm. you know, the healthcare space. So these, mm-hmm. these spaces that we typically don't think of as healthcare spaces, you know, retail mm-hmm. environments in yeah. rural or underserved communities, you know, could these be, you know, center, you know, kind of hub centers for healthcare for the communities? I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, that's kind of like my mm-hmm. thought around this. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think I think that's the way to go because they've been there for years. You know, Dollar General have been in under-resourced, underserved, that's their market. And so if they can then couple that with health services to reach people within the community, I think that is, man, I definitely think that's the way to go. Um, Mm -hmm. Family Dollar, General Dollar, all of those those stores, those retail stores that serve in those communities, I think it would be advantageous of them to figure out ways how they can provide medical um, care to, to those most vulnerable populations, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, one of the mm-hmm. things I also know, Walmart was in the early phases of, uh, you know, for the unbanked, right? You know, having mm-hmm. them come yes. in for banking yes. services as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you know, uh, providing, it looks like, you know, care is trying to get as close to people as possible. And yes. I think something like a Walmart is, you know, within roughly what, a couple of miles of every American in the United States. And so mm -hmm. having that, you know, that's probably closer to most folks than going to see their doctor, right? Which Right. You know, right. Because so, if you think of some of these rural communities, you know, they have a Walmart and they probably have one um, hospital, right? And that hospital serves as a primary care uh, facilities for some as well. So individuals go to the emergency room, you know, the data show that, you know, people will go to the emergency room first. But if these retailers that have a footprint in some of these remote communities, urban centers that are underserved in the, and have care, health care there, I think it's a win-win type of opportunity because most people will go and get some food at a Walmart, you know, get their, you know, supplies there, toiletries, et cetera. I think it will be an amazing opportunity for them to continue to engage on that and that level from those types of centers. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, more of that and, uh, you know, more innovative ideas like that, hopefully will come to the forefront as we saw the pandemic really, mm -hmm. really saw the disparities increase. And so having these, mm -hmm. you know, partnerships with these organizations and, and that are closer to the people, I think be huge. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, well, you know, uh, more of that, man. So I'm really excited about that. So let's yeah. transition a little bit into uh you know kind of asking you as the, kind of our resident expert here on health equity and you know what you've seen oh. it. <laughs> just wanted to get Hello? a sense of your thoughts about you know where you see it's going i know you've been really passionate about this um as a matter mm -hmm. of fact you know you can talk a little bit about tech plug later and what you're doing there mm -hmm. when it comes to mm -hmm. you know providing diverse innovation to healthcare. but um mm -hmm. one of the questions i want to ask you know as you're thinking about this and working with your partners what do you see mm -hmm. in the keys to successful healthcare program in underserved areas? You know, what what, mm -hmm. what makes the program successful for individuals who, you know, may not get the best healthcare now or looking for access to healthcare? Yeah, that man, that's such a that's such a loaded question. I got so many thoughts around it. Um, I think I think what we what we have learned from COVID, you know, you have been on this health equity train well before COVID and have understood the challenges. Um, and so have I. And so what we have learned through COVID is, you know, reaching people where they are, you know, putting, as we had mentioned earlier, putting centers close, because as we know, these social determinants of health, transportation issues, so many people don't even have Wi-Fi access. And so learning through all these things that we had to grow through and learn through during this pandemic and creating spaces where individuals have lower barriers of entry in order to get the care. And so when we think about health equity, it's like really addressing those social determinants of health. And one of them is proximity to care. You know, one example I think of, you know, here in New Orleans example is there is a hospital in New Orleans East. They do not have a labor and delivery um, service arm. However, it, it serves a large black population and people are having babies and they have to drive 30 miles out in order to get care. And so that just leads into the point of actually getting care in a closer proximity to individuals who might have challenges as it relates to transportation. And now since we're living in this digitized world with um, Wi-Fi capabilities and not having 5G in some areas, you know, we really have to think about how do we get care as close as possible proximity, not just technology, but actually having physical structures that are close so individuals don't have such so many barriers to get there. And so, you know, broadly, I think that is one of the issues in which we're facing as it relates to closing this gap in health equality. You know, we can talk through digital solutions, um, but you can't have digital solutions if you don't have Wi-Fi or 5G capabilities. And so when you think about not only people in, you know, 
urban centers, but when you think about people that live outside in rural America and not being able to have fiber optic capabilities that reach their um, their place. I got an example with a client out in Alabama where the lady is going, driving to individuals' homes in remote Alabama to, to provide care as it relates to maternal care because um, mm. the lady's about to give birth. And so, you know, reaching people where they are. So I think we're in this space and to get care as close as possible to people and figuring it out in this technology revolution. Um, I think that's where we should go. Um, you know, we can continue to talk about interoperability challenges. Um, I, I was a fan of this back when we were talking about fintech when I was in Atlanta. You know, it's like if the banking industry can figure out how to transfer information from different or multiple banks or even through Cash App, how can we not start thinking about that in the same context as health and delivering data from multiple hospital systems through different payer groups in just a click of a button as we do want with our transfer and dollars. I think we're there. We just got to figure out how to do that in a more creative way and apply that to um, healthcare. Mm -hmm. Now, a great point. Um, I think you know access to care is really big and critical uh, mm -hmm. for the uh, type of programs for the for the unserved communities. One thing I am challenged with is just understanding healthcare. You know, it is that people element, right? And so, you know, mm -hmm. having those people closer to where people live, I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of you know digital health companies looking at providing. Um, you know, individuals to the home, you know, and mm -hmm. provide help right there. Where, mm -hmm. where they live. Mm -hmm. Do you see those programs being successful? Like, you know, to, to help with the access to be able to have mm -hmm. individuals come to people's home, you know, uh, mm -hmm. is that something you see as positive or a way in the future? I, I think so. I think, I think we're going back to the days of old where your physician would actually come to your house to provide you with care. And I think that's amazing. We got, we're, we're armed now with technology. If you think about Uber, you know, Five years ago, you would not have thought to get in a random person's car in order to get you someplace, right? And then now thinking about, okay, how can we use this gig economy or this gig kind of structure in order to get care direct directly to one's home? And so we're we're seeing that with Everlywell, right? We see that with 23andMe where you can actually, well, more with Everlywell, you can take a test, they get you, you ship to your home, you have to leave your home, they provide you with the results and then you can get care through telemedicine. Or, and then too, now I think, to your point, actually getting the provider to actually come to your home to, to do that assessment. I think we're we're living within that reality because some individuals are really afraid to leave their home in this pandemic. You know, it's still ongoing and individuals trying to figure out how to um, to survive and get the things mm -hmm. they need. You know, we've seen an uptick in Instacart. We've seen an uptick in a lot of these these solutions that provide care or services directly to one's home. So, yeah, I think that's that makes complete sense particularly in the times in which we're living. Yeah, I love it. Uh, well, you know, let's take a step back. Obviously, there's been record funding, you know, into digital health, you know, um, more specifically, you know, with, um, you know, 2020, and we saw uh, the protests from the George Floyd and other things that happened, you know, in, in, our, in the community. Um, tons of money has went into, you know, health equity, right? Trying to figure out how to solve this problem because Fortunately, you know, the vast majority of, you know, underserved communities were hit the hardest by, you mm -hmm. know, COVID, right? All record numbers of individuals dying from it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you see, you know, now that we have this money here and that's helping in some aspect, you know, what would you like the future of health equity going, you know, with this additional funding resources, ability mm -hmm. to kind of help patients where they live? Um, you know, where, 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 imagine if you will, right, you had a paint brush, paint brush and could, you know, paint mm -hmm. the future. What would that look like to you when it came to helping underserved communities? Well, you know, I'm a big fan. I've been this way since I was in grad school at Emory. I believe that 
individuals innovate and solve problems based on how they have experienced life. And so with the influx of capital, however, I give a caveat with black founders and black health tech founders, there's still opportunity there in order to get more dollars to them. Um, as you, as I think I was talking about this the other day, we're over mentored and underfunded mm -hmm. compared to our counterparts. Right. And so I believe and, and you know, people, you know, say whatever they want to say about me, but I believe based on your experience, you, that's how you solve problems. So example, kid living in, you know, South Central LA, parents have experienced diabetes. He sees the challenges in which that community face. I think that he could potentially have a solution, right? But he need the resources, i.e. capital, to actually help him to address those problems. I believe that there should continue to be a funnel of money that's going directly to founders of color to help address some of these concerns because we have a unique way of looking at some of the systems that are in place that are impacting our communities that are driving individuals not to go into the system. So, you know, I think it's a real touchy subject with me now. We do see a lot of, we see a lot of commitment. We haven't seen a lot of flow of dollars related to, you know, this whole movement that we're in around Black Lives Matter and, you know, promises by large corporations, et cetera. I think there's still a lot of work to be done and I think that it needs to be done in a very strategic way. And that strategic way is how do you get founders of color that have experience to get these dollars in order to get them over these um, humps, in order to get the solutions to people that need it most? Um, mm. That's my thought um, around what should be done with these dollars, like not tomorrow, but like today. No, uh, I read some articles about, you know, health equity researchers, right, who've been in this space for you know, decades. Uh, struggling to get dollars too, even mm -hmm. though uh, newer researchers who who may you know come from majority backgrounds, you know, mm -hmm. uh, i.e., white researchers may have gotten the money instead. So it is unfortunate, you know. Um, to your point, I agree that mm -hmm. if you see the world a certain way, you have a a solution. So you're more passionate about that problem. Probably you're going to be more mm -hmm. creative in solving that problem. So why the dollars should go to that 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 person that has that that energy, that understanding because they're probably solve the problem the best way, right? Cause they experienced it. And so- That's it, that's it, that's it. That, that, that makes sense. You know, when we, even when we talk, talk about developing the solution, you develop the solution based on your experience. And so what we lead with in Tech Plug is, you gotta develop culturally relevant solutions, especially in this age where people are not going into the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. How does that work in these communities that are under-resourced and underserved? You know, I, yeah, man, I, I'll start preaching. So I'll, I'll calm down because I'm like, let me breathe. No, no, <laughs> this is like great. It. I appreciate yeah. you uh, sharing your passion around it. It definitely shows. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. obviously, we're passionate here at CenterMed, serving underserved communities. 80% of the patients on our platform are, you know, uh, mm -hmm. from underserved communities. So mm -hmm. we see the pain. I've actually been in patients' homes in middle Georgia as they're mm -hmm. cooking dinner, trying to deal with their grandkids and trying to take their blood pressure understanding the pain you know like hey i want to do better but i'm struggling with all these other things. man and that is you know and so you know you just hit a point when you're dealing with founders and this is why it's so important the work that we're doing here at tech club so when you deal with founders that might be in the bay area or founders or health tech companies that might be in the northeast right they don't have that experience because they we live in silos we we, we live where it's comfortable right and so you might live in a majority you know, Asian community or majority white community in the Bay Area, but your solution is supposed to reach someone in middle Georgia. And if you don't understand their pain point, if you haven't sat in their home or in their community 
to really understand what those challenges are, how will your solution meet their direct need to drive positive outcomes? Yeah. It won't. You'll continue to iterate and say, say that, you know, they don't get it or there's a learning curve and all these other things, but you don't understand, but one doesn't understand the community yeah. and the challenges. That's the real piece here in this system, the systems that we've established. Well, not we, you know, before us, these systems that are in place. And it's, and it's across racial lines. We, you know, we live where it's comfortable for us. We live where people vibe with us. It can be passed, you know, race. It could be based on how we look at the world. And so once we get out of those silos, especially around health, this is like the thing that we're doing that you're doing, it's not LinkedIn, it's not Facebook. This is actually health care. This is providing individuals with what everyone on this earth should have is quality health care. And you have to get out of your um, silos and get uncomfortable a minute in order to get the best solution um, that can meet all people opposed to people that might have it and those that don't. Yeah, well said, man. I, I can't say it better than that. So, yeah. well, hey, look, uh, you know, you, you yeah. mentioned Tech Plug and, you know, what you guys are doing. Tell, tell, yeah. tell the audience a little bit about Tech Plug and kind of what you're doing there in New Orleans and what your vision is there yeah. for the future. So I can't I can't speak of Tech Plug without speaking of CensorMed because we've been around now for three years. March will be three years old. And Theo, wow. you were like the first client that we had, the very first. And so, man, I appreciate you. So um when nobody else knew what we were what we were trying to do and it's still an education you know an educational curve that people are really trying to still understand what we do but at the heart of what we do is we help health tech founders around the country scale and grow in vulnerable populations and it's incredibly hard work so when you think about uh, a company that's trying to get their first client and that might be and some people go right after stanford health or they go straight to emory and i do the flip like, let's find a fqhc let's find a safety net hospital that we can actually, that really needs the solution and that will really engage with the founder in order to get it to the people that need it most. And so that's the core of our business at Tech Plug. And that's what we've been working on for the last three years. And here in New Orleans, we're at that place of inflection and scale. So we have a brick and mortar space called The Lab in Treme. And Treme is the oldest African-American neighborhood in the country. And we have a health innovation center right there in Treme. Um, to address on the ground these problems that disproportionately impact black and brown people or underserved and marginalized communities. And so if you can imagine people like yourself that are health tech founders that are looking to engage and looking at 3.0 or their solution or looking to engage with health systems that really serve this community, this is, this is the place you wanna be because we have that connectivity. You can just think, just looking at our building, Mr. John's across the street, the brother does not eat vegetables and try to engage him around solutions that can improve his quality of life and get him off his meds, get him safely off of medication that he can live a more you know, robust life. And so that's the vision. That's what we're doing. We had our ribbon cutting on the 22nd of January. Um, and now we're having people come in. We're still you know, getting the space um, up and running. I'm not there today because it's Mardi Gras in New Orleans. And so you go out and do Mardi Gras things. So the, we, we're working from home today. But um, <laughs> But yeah, the space is right there, Tremaine, man. We're excited um, and happy about what we're doing here in the world. Oh, man, that's that's awesome. It's, it's exciting about, uh, I mean, I think this is unheard of. I mean, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, I, I don't know. So, you know, obviously, you know, everyone's kind of create these hub centers of, you know, technology excellence. But to yeah. really kind of like, you know, put it centered in an area that could use the resources mm -hmm. and have funding and have an accelerator and have, you know, uh, you know, access to people to kind of try the you know pilot solutions. I mean, it's definitely a mm -hmm. first of its kind. So you know, um, yeah, man. 
you of, of what you're doing out there and really trying to you know walk the walk right because i think yeah we can change the, the conversation around health equity uh you know in our lifetimes because i think there's there's enough technology enough opportunities mm -hmm. to help folks. Mm -hmm. so that's it. we're the change we need we're the change that we need if we're gonna be we want to see change we're the change because if we continue to ask people to do it they don't understand the challenges so create it build it and do it and so we wouldn't be here without you theo that you were the very first Oh, person well, I appreciate it, man. to appreciate say it. yes and so we're here we're and of course likewise tech plug has been an instrumental helping censor mm -hmm. man with marketing efforts mm -hmm. and things of that nature yeah. and uh connections so this is a win-win and so you know definitely yeah. um cornelius any way anyone can reach you or, or if you have they want to follow up or have questions about tech plug or just what you're doing there in new orleans yeah yeah sure um, our website is www.techplug.tech that's t-e-c-h-p-l-u-g dot t-e-c-h um, and there you have to click on a little icon if you want to reach out to us and learn more about what we're doing um, i'm on instagram but that's probably not the best place but we could probably look at me on linkedin and just my name cornelius bankston um, is a good way to reach me as well awesome great well cornelius thank you so much this has been a great interview and time with you as well um, i love the passion so okay. everyone Thank you for your time today. Well, that's our show. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you all for being on this journey with us toward better patient health. Take care.